And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Good news that will cause great joy. Did you catch that? Did you hear what the angel said to the shepherds that night? He said, don't be afraid. I've got some good news for you today. How many of you could use some good news today? At the end of 2020, as this year comes to an end, couldn't you use some good news today? What about good news that causes great joy? How about that? Could you use some joy in your life today? The angel said, I'm bringing you good news that will cause a great joy in your life. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the worship that we have already experienced in your presence. God, thank you that with you there is good news that will cause great joy in each and every one of our lives. God, I pray today by the power of your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would show us what that good news is and how we can have great joy in our lives no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what is going on, that we can trust you that we can walk with you, and that we can experience everlasting joy. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Hey, my name is Daniel Norris. I hang out over on our Longview campus. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, and every now and then, Pastor Matt will let me come over and hang out with you guys. And every time I do, it is always an honor, always a joy to be here. And I'm excited about uh, what God's doing in this place today. I'm excited about Christmas. Any of you excited about Christmas out there? Just a few days away, but we have been talking about these four words, three words over the last few weeks. We've heard about hope, we've heard about peace, and as Pastor Matt said a few minutes ago, today we are talking about this word called joy. So I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Let me, have a, let me, let me see a show of hands. I need some crowd participation here. How, and I need you to be honest, all right? We're in church, so don't be, don't be lying in church, all right? How many of you have already finished, I mean, all of your Christmas shopping? Let me see a show of hands. Y'all look around. Y'all see that? They're trying to make us feel bad. <laughs> trying to make us feel bad, aren't they? And now, and now let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me let me rephrase that a little bit. Let me, how many of you are finished with your Christmas shopping because you're actually going to buy things. Like not, you're not finished because you just don't buy Christmas. You're finished because it is done. Like you don't have to stress. You don't have to worry. Show of hands. All right. Good there, right there. All right. Now the rest of you make me feel a little bit better. 
How many of you, you still got something to do and I'm going to see you at Walmart on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, that's, that's how we roll, isn't it? How, how many of you in that moment when I started, those of you that are like me, when I started talking about shopping and Christmas shopping and you think about the, the crowds and the people and going out trying to find that special gift that you couldn't find on Amazon and now you're mad. What a, I mean, how many of you, when I start talking about that, immediately as I talk about shopping and all those things and you think about the crowds, you, you start to feel a little anxious. You start to feel a little nervous. You start to little feel a little bit where you kind of start to freak out a little bit because you're going, oh gosh, it's coming. It's only a few days away and, and I'm stressing out. I mean, I don't know what to do. Isn't it interesting that in this moment when we, when we start to feel that way, that this, it's amazing to me that this season that we're in, that people are more stressed out there's more stress, there's more anxiety, there's more of all of these things than there is in any other season. You see, the, the, it's amazing to me that what the angels said they were bringing peace on earth, goodwill toward man, and in this passage that we read in Luke, he says great joy that in this season that we're in where we're supposed to be experiencing peace and great joy, it's actually a lot of times the opposite of that. We don't experience the joy that we should be experiencing. People are more stressed out they're more anxious, more, they're freaking out more than any other season. Just go to the Longview Mall and you'll see what I'm talking about, okay? Drive around Longview for a moment. You'll go, where did all these people come from? And why does everyone seem to be on edge? Everybody seems a little stressed, a little anxious, a little worried. Why is that? I think it's because we've confused a couple things. I think it's because we've mixed up this thing called joy and happiness. We've got the two twisted. We've got them a little bit confused. You see, the reality is this, is that every single one of us are on a joy quest. It's how we were created. It's how we were wired. We are supposed to run off of this thing called joy. In fact, Blaise Pascal, a French philosopher, theologian, mathematician, dude, he was, he was brilliant. He did, he did it all. Here's what he said. He said, every single one of us are driven by our own pursuit of our personal happiness. That everything we do is rooted in that, that men go to war and men avoid war for the very same reason that we are in pursuit of our own pleasure. Now, the problem with that is this, that the Bible the gospel, Jesus Christ, the angels in this verse here in this passage, they offer great joy. And yet most of us, especially Americans, settle for something far, far less than that. We settle for something far less than that. We settle for this thing called the pursuit of happiness. In fact, we've been sold this bill of goods from the very beginning. Remember in the fifth grade you learned about this thing called the Declaration of Independence? Where Thomas Jefferson penned these words. He said that we have been given by our creator certain inalienable rights. And, and what are those rights? They are life, liberty, and the pursuit of, I need, to, I need some crowd participation this morning. Life, liberty, and the what? Pursuit of happiness. Now listen, don't misunderstand me here. I'm all about the red, white, and blue. I love America. I love to blow stuff up on the 4th of July. I love fried chicken and sweet tea just like each and every one of you. Can I get an amen with that? The pursuit of life, praise God. The pursuit of liberty, absolutely. But the pursuit of happiness, 
Really? Like that's what we're chasing after? Is that the, really the American dream? You see, the problem with the pursuit of happiness is this, is that it is so, so temporary. It is fleeting. It is fickle. It is here one second and gone the next. Why? Because happiness is connected to your happenings. Happiness is connected to your circumstances, your situations, if you will. Happiness, if you're taking notes, is this. Happiness is outside in. Happiness is affected by all of these things around you. You can wake up and you can be having a great morning. You can get your, the best cup of coffee. You can have an incredible time in your devotion, in your work. You can have an amazing time with your spouse. And then you go to work and you run into your boss in the hallway. And that happiness just went like this, right? Right? Not at New Beginnings, but at other places, right? You know, happiness is, is fickle. It is here one minute and gone the next. Now listen, don't hear me wrong. I know some of you are looking at me like, man, is he the Grinch? Is he trying to, to crush our spirit during this time? Listen, I'm not anti-happy. I hope you're happy. But the problem with happy is that it's so temporary because it is based on your happenings. And when your happenings change, when your circumstances change, out goes happiness with it. Your happiness changes. In fact, I was reading an article the other day uh, where they interviewed moms from around the world. They interviewed some moms in, uh, some Jewish moms in the Middle East, and they said, what is it that you want for your kids? And they said, we want our kids, our children, to be obedient. We want obedient children. They went a little bit further east, and they interviewed some Asian moms, and they said, what is it that you want out of your children? They said, we want our children to be successful. Then they came back here out west and they interviewed American moms and all the American moms said, we want our kids to be happy. Really? We want our kids to just be happy. Again, don't hear me wrong. I'm not anti-happy. The problem is this, is that when we root the meaning of our life in happiness, it's so temporary because it's based on happenings and circumstances and what the scripture has for us and what Jesus has for us is so much more. It says that we can have joy. Everybody say joy. joy. That's what the angel said was going to show up that very first Christmas when he split the sky and the glory of the Lord shone around him and he announced to the lowly shepherds who were watching their flocks by night, he said, I bring you good news that will cause great Joy. See, joy is different than happiness. Joy is not affected by your circumstances and your happenings. Joy is not, does not come and go. Joy is not fleeting and fickle. Joy is not outside in. Joy is inside out. Did you catch that? Joy is something deep inside of you that no one else can take away. Joy is inside out. Joy is something that you have been given. Joy is a gift from God. Amen? One of my favorite things about Christmas time, I got many things that I love about Christmas, but one of my favorite things about Christmas is, since I've been a dad for the last several years, um, is Christmas morning and watching my two boys open up presents that they've been asking for and waiting for all year long. 
and seeing the happiness on their face and seeing those smiles and seeing their eyes light up when they get that one thing that they've really been asking for. It brings a smile to my face and it's a fun and exciting time. And let's be honest though, parents, you'll know what I'm talking about. It doesn't take long for the new to wear off, does it? Like this thing that they've been just asking for, begging for, thinking that this thing is all they need to be happy. And then they get it and they rip through the paper and they get it. And before long, usually by late afternoon, it's thrown off over here in the corner. It comes and goes just like that. The newness wears off. The happiness comes and goes very, very quickly. And before I'm too hard on the kids, let me, let me say something to the adults. Aren't we just like that? We think that we want these things. We spend all year long striving and chasing and running after these things that we think are going to make us happy. And then we get those things and those things quickly fade and quickly wear off. They do not sustain us. You see, what most of us do in our pursuit of this thing called happiness is we tend to run after happiness in one of three areas if you're taking notes. The first one is this, self-improvement. Here's what the pursuit of happiness looks like in the area of self-improvement. It says this, it says, if I can just change this thing about me, then I'll be happy. Uh, Let me give you some examples. We're only a few weeks away from New Year's resolutions, aren't we? You know what everyone's going to do. The number one resolution is if I can just get in shape, if I can just lose weight, if I can just lose that last 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds, whatever it is that quarantine has done to you, whatever it is, like you say, if I can just drop these extra pounds this year, if I can just get in better shape, then I'll be happy. If I can just do this, if I can just do that. And so we want to improve ourselves in order and thinking that that's what's going to make us happy. And we all know how that turns out, right? By the third week in January, don't we? Uh, and let's just, let's just say that you crush it. Let's just say you accomplish every goal, that you lose all the extra pounds, whether that's by surgery or working out, whatever your method is. You accomplish it all. And you get into 2021 and you're in the best shape of your life. You've got abs for days. You've got veins. You've got muscles. You are fit. You can run a marathon. Whatever it is, are you really happy at the end of the day? I promise you, it's human nature. We will find something else that needs to be improved. Maybe it's not in the area of physical fitness. Maybe it's not about you getting in shape. But here's some other ways that people strive for happiness, pursue happiness when it comes to self-improvement. Maybe it's in not physical fitness, but maybe it's in the form of education. You think to yourself, if I can just put another degree on the wall, then I'll be happy. If I can just advance in my career and get that position, get that raise, whatever it is, then I'll be happy. Some of us do it in the form of hobbies. If I can just lower my handicap score, then I'll be happy. If I can just get that buck on the wall, that 12-point buck, that trophy that I've been chasing, then I'll be happy. If I can just catch that big bass this year, then I'll be happy, right? We do it all the time. We chase after these things. We pursue these things with all of our energy and all of our effort, thinking that those things are going to satisfy us that those things will finally make us happy. 
the things of this world, if it's not self-improvement or other things, we, we run after prestige and power. We run after position and possessions. We think if I can just get that bigger house, then I'll be happy. If I can just get that new truck, you know, that King Ranch with the massagers in the seats. And if you've got one of those, I'm just a little bit jealous. With those heated seats that massage your bag. We think if I can just get that power stroke King Ranch edition that'll massage my back and my butt and I'll be good. And you're like, and then you get it and you're like, that one's a little bit nicer, isn't it? That guy just pulled up next to me and his is a 2021 and mine's 2020. We do this all the time. We, we chase after self-improvement. We chase after the things of this world. Maybe it's not any of those things. Maybe it's you in relationships with other people. Maybe you are the person, or you've seen it before with some of your friends, where they say, hey, you know what? If I can just meet Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, then I'll be happy. If I can just get all of these people in my life to do the things I need them to do and do it the way I want them to do it, then I'll be happy. Maybe you've heard people say before with young people, if I can just get married, then I'll be happy. Let me ask you, married people, does marriage make you happy? Be very careful right here. Before you look to your, whoever's sitting next to you, you better be careful. Does marriage make you happy? Sometimes, right? That's a good answer. Yes, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we disappoint one another. Sometimes we're angry and mad and frustrated with others. Sometimes you hear people say, if I can just have children, then I'll be happy. Let me ask you, parents, do children make you happy? Be careful. They might be in the room. Do children make you happy? Sometimes they do. And sometimes they want to make you pull your hair out. Like when they open up that gift that makes all kinds of noises all night long and they don't stop and they keep doing it over and over and over again and you ask them to put it up and they don't put it up. Sounds a little close to home, doesn't it? It happened in my house last night. They make you happy, sometimes they don't. The problem is that we're chasing after these things. We're pursuing these things, thinking that these things will eventually make us happy. And they always leave us still wanting, searching, looking for more. Listen to what Rich Mullins, famous uh, author, pastor, not author, but a, a musician. Here's what he said a few years ago in one of his songs. He said, the stuff of earth competes for the allegiance that we owe only to the giver of all things. See, that's what these things are, these surface level temporary things, whether it's the self-improvement or the people and the relationships or the things of this world. They are all these things that are competing for the allegiance that only belongs to the giver of all those things. We're worshiping the things that were created instead of the creator himself. Isn't it true? You see, the problem with the pursuit of happiness is this. Whether you're pursuing a better you, whether you're pursuing a certain type of relationship, or whether you are pursuing the stuff of this earth, the problem with it is that it is all so temporary. It is all so fickle. It is all based on the happenings. And when the happenings in our life change, the happiness changes with it. And that leads, what that leads to, church, is this. Utter exhaustion. A chasing after the wind, if you will. Chasing after these things that are so shallow and so temporary. And as soon as you get them, you find yourself still wanting more. And you find yourself still running after these things. And it leads to utter exhaustion. You see, because in order for you and I to really rule this thing called the pursuit of happiness, you have to control 
all of the circumstances. And as long as all of the circumstances are under your control, then you can work this thing out to get everything that you want, and then you can be happy. And the myth is this, is that you're in control. The myth is this, that you're in control. You see, think about this for a moment. You've got to control your emotions. You've got to control your family's emotions. You've got to control the economy. You've got to control your finances. You've got to control the weather. You've got to control all these things. And if you can control all these things, then you'll be happy. But trying to control all of these things is utterly exhausting. Again, there's no problem with being happy. The problem is that we are looking for these things to do something in us that they just can't do. We're looking for these things to do something that they were never created to do. You see, the created things of this world, they cannot fully and finally satisfy us. Only the Creator can. Only the Creator can. They were never meant to. Uh, this, this, this chasing after these things leads to stress. It leads to anxiety. It leads to anger. It leads to all of these things. And out the door goes peace and joy with it. You see, the truth of the gospel is this. Here's what the angels were saying that night. They were saying, hey, shepherds, listen up. When you show up and when you poke your head in that manger and when you look around the corner and you see Jesus, in that moment you will see joy lying there in a manger. You see, he said, I bring you good news of great joy. You see, real, authentic joy is only found in one place and the shepherds found it that night. True joy is found in Jesus in fact, Jesus himself in John 15, 11, he was talking to his, his disciples and he said, my prayer for you guys is this, is that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full and complete. You see, Jesus in and of himself actually fulfills all of those things that we are looking for in those other things. He is the only one that can truly satisfy. I mean, think about this for a moment. If you're looking to improve your life and pursuing happiness through self-improvement, through, through the physical changes to your body, whether it's uh, the aches and pains and you're trying to get those things fixed or whether it's getting in shape and losing weight, listen, it, we are promised in the scriptures, Jesus says this, he promises that there's coming a day that you and I as believers are going to get a brand new resurrected glorified body. Can I get an amen from my 40 and up crowd? That you're, the, all the aches and all the pains and all the, every time you get up in the morning and you step down and you wonder, like, why is that hurting like that? Like, what did I do? I didn't even really do anything yesterday, but th that's a new pain. Uh, all of those things in Christ will one day be made brand new. He says, there's coming a day when I'm going to give you a brand new model a brand new body. You don't have to strive and worry about all your self-improvement. And listen, I'm all for health and fitness and being in shape and eating good and doing the best you can to take care of your body. But listen, there's coming a day it's going to completely break down. It was not meant to last forever, but the promises of Jesus in his word is this, is that there will be a day when all things will be made new. You will receive a brand new glorified body. You see, in Christ, you and I don't have to, to hang our hat on the applause of men because we have the applause of heaven. This, that Jesus is the greatest friend that we'll ever have. 
Because he loves us unconditionally. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. In Christ, you don't have to pursue and chase after the things of this world, expecting them to satisfy you. Because if you are in Christ, you have an inheritance. And everything that is his will one day be yours. In Christ, there should be no such thing as a midlife crisis. When you turn 45, you don't have to go out and buy the new Corvette. Because you're going to live forever is what the word of God tells us. And so you should look at that and go, man, I don't really need to have a midlife crisis. I don't need to go get the Corvette. And by the way, you kind of look funny driving it anyways, right? Uh, Trust me, it's hard enough to get in and out of my truck, let alone a car that sits like this. So as we get older, we shouldn't be buying those kind of cars. It's going to look pretty silly getting in and out of it anyways. So here's the crazy thing about this. And this may not make sense in the beginning, but listen, when you and I finally get off this merry-go-round of the pursuit of happiness, and when we find our joy in Jesus, it's then and only then that you and I can truly then enjoy the gifts that he's given us with complete contentment. Going, God, whether I have much or have little, I'm good. God, no matter what happens this year in 20, this coming year in 2021, I'm not shaken by it. Like I've got the joy of Jesus in my life, and no matter what comes my way, I'm stable, I'm steady, I'm good. You see, you and I then in those moments can begin to realize that all good gifts, all good and perfect things come from above, and we can then begin to worship the giver of those things, and that's different. That's different than just pursuing the things of this world. See, our problem is that in this pursuit of happiness, in order for the happenings to always line up, in order for us to to get them exactly where we want them to be, we have to be in control of all of our circumstances. And anybody that's lived a minute understands this, that this world is out of control. I can't control it. I think 2020 has done a pretty good job of teaching us that lesson, has it not? That I can't control everything. I can't control me, let alone all of my circumstances and all of the other people and all of the things that are going on around me. I can't control the world and the weather and the global pandemic or any of those things, but I know someone who can. And my faith and my trust is in him, not in myself. You see, but even if, let's just pretend for a moment, Even if everything in your life is good right now, you're physically fit, you're in the best health, the best shape of your entire life, the relationships that you're in are are better than they've ever been, you've got plenty in the money in the bank and with some to spare, and if that's you, come see me after the service, because I still got some shopping to do, right? Even if all of those things are all in perfect sync and in perfect harmony right now, even if, if you are looking, if you're looking for satisfaction in those things, in, the, the, in you keeping control over all of those things, here's what you understand, if you're being honest, that it is exhausting. It is exhausting because right now, if you've got it all right, if you've got it lined up and everything is right where it's supposed to be, you know 
you know in the moment, that moment that you take your hands off the wheel, it's not going to swerve over here towards peace and joy and contentment. The moment you take your hands off the wheel of trying to control everything in your life, it's not going to lead to peace. It's going gonna, it's gonna to swerve off into the ditch of chaos and disruption and disorder. And so you know in those moments that it is exhausting because you're trying to hold on to everything and control everything, thinking if you can do this, then you'll be happy and you know that it's wearing you out. It is exhausting to live that way. I want you to listen to this quote from C.S. Lewis in his book, The Weight of Glory. He says, our problem as people is, is not that we want too much. Our problem is that we're satisfied with so little. That you and I are like poor children making pies in, mud pies in the slums when the offer of a beach vacation is just around the corner. Did you catch that? He says, we're far too easily satisfied making mud pies over here in the slums of this world. In other words, we're much too satisfied with happiness, wanting our friends, our family, our kids to just be happy when you don't understand that there is a beach vacation offered to you around the corner that's called joy, everlasting, unshakable, eternal Joy. He goes on to say this. What if the reality that there's nothing in this world that will fully and finally satisfy is actually evidence that you and I were made for another world? You see, this is what the angels offer that evening. They show up and they announce to the shepherds that night the best news that they had ever heard. They were hanging out in the, in the field with the sheep and the angels showed up and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they said, fear not. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. I feel like somebody in here today needs to hear those first few words. I feel like you need to hear the words today, fear not. At the end of 2020, I can tell you this, one of the things that I've seen over and over and over again throughout this year is this word fear. People are walking around in fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the virus, fear of the economy, fear of all these things. And you're allowing that fear to contaminate your faith. You're allowing that fear to rule and control your life. And you're walking around anxious and stressed out and worried and fearful and you have no joy in your life. Today, I want you to hear the words of the angels that say, fear not. You don't need to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be afraid of what the future holds. You don't have to be afraid of what's just around the corner in 2021. God has got this all under control. You don't have to control this thing. You can let go and you can experience the joy that they offer in these verses. So I wanna, I wanna say that again. I feel like somebody needs to hear those words today. Fear not. There is good news that can cause great joy in your life. Let me say this to you, New Beginnings, if you're taking notes, if you're writing this thing down, good news will only cause great joy in your life when it becomes personal. Let me say that again. Good news will only cause great joy in your life when it becomes personal. If, if, if you showed up and you said to me, hey, guess what, man? I won the lotto. I would look at you and go, man, that's good news. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. But now you show up and tell me, hey, guess what? You won the lotto. 
That's great joy right there. That's different because it's become personal now, hasn't it? Let me tell you something, church family. Each and every one of us, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have won the eternal, lot, the eternal lotto. You are wealthy beyond measure. You have everything that you need in this life and for the life to come. You have more than enough. You have all that you need. You have everlasting joy. You see, the, this good news that the angels announced that day, I'm thankful that it wasn't just for the shepherds. I'm thankful that it wasn't just for Mary and Joseph and for the wise men. I'm thankful that it wasn't just for those who showed up that night. But the angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy, and it is for all people. White, black, brown, whatever. It doesn't matter whether you live in America or the Middle East or somewhere else. It is for all people. And it is good news. That translation, good news, it is the same word we use for the gospel. So really what the angels were saying that night is, listen, I've got good news. I've got gospel news for you. There is a Savior that is born this day in that manger, and his name is Christ the Lord. So let me ask you, New Beginnings, have you made Jesus your Savior, your Lord? Because good news will only cause great joy in your life when it becomes personal. Let me pray for you. Thank you this for this morning. Father, we know that you sent your one and only son, not so that we can have lights on the trees and presents under those trees, not so that we can put lights on the houses and inflatables in the yard. Father, we know that you didn't send your son just so we can uh, take some time off of work and school and get together with family and friends and enjoy a meal around the table. While all of those are great things and we enjoy those things, our joy is not found in those things. You sent your one and only son, not so we could have those things, but so that he would save us. So may we be reminded of that today, that that first Christmas, the reason the angels said, I have good news that will cause great joy is because God joined the ranks of humanity and he came on a search and rescue mission so that each and every one of us could be saved and be restored into a right relationship with God the Father. And so God, I'm praying for my friends in this room today if they're stressed out, if they're filled full of fear, if they're worried about the unknown things in the future, God, I'm praying today that you would meet them in that place and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will rule and reign in their hearts this Christmas season and every day after that. Father, if there's anyone in here that doesn't know you as Savior, that today would be the day of their salvation and today would be a day of good news that causes great joy and we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. We've got some of our ministers up front. If you need prayer, if you want to respond to that message, or maybe today is the day that you receive the joy of Jesus in your heart, we want to know about it. You can come forward during this song and worship and just respond to what God is doing in your life.